From Bias to Equality podcast is brought to you by the CEO magazine, Holman Web Lawyers, and B2 Buy. Hello, and welcome to my podcast from Bias to Equality. I'm your host, Sandra D'Souza. Thank you for joining us. Today, we are going to have a conversation with Divya Singh. Divya, CFO at Cohen Ray, brings 21 years of finance and operations expertise. Her skills include strategy development, risk mitigation and management, and financial governance, particularly in rapidly expanding multi-jurisdictional businesses. Divya has played pivotal roles in guiding organizations through transformative international growth and substantial mergers. In her primary role as CFO, she collaborates closely with the executive team on business strategies and increasingly leads projects focused on business and talent enhancement. Her company, Coburn Ray, is actually an Alexstar recipient. It's an Australian Australia's leading business strategist and high-performance specialist, and he is dedicated to helping people succeed through his revolutionary approach to business growth and personal transformation. The organization hosts specialized events featuring globally acclaimed speakers like Cohen Ray, designed for business owners aspiring to succeed in both their professional ventures and personal lives. Hi, Divya. Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today. Thank you, Sandra. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. It's um, I'm so excited because Kevin Ray is an Alexstar recipient, and to have you on this call, I'm looking forward to sharing what is it and how you have achieved that. But before we get started on that, let's um talk about you instead <laughs> and see and and just really tell us like how how did you get to to your role um, where you are now from the beginning. Yeah, sure. My goodness, that's been like many, 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 many years ago. <laughs> Feels like forever. Um, I started pretty young, actually. So uh, when I got my first job was straight after graduation. So I was actually in a final year of my ca- doing accounting degree. And that's when I got approached for a grad role, a company called Gathi Renka. Uh, it's a marketing company. And um, I got a lot of exposure there, actually worked my way up for two and a half years, the time that I was there. Um, And after that, I moved to the IT sector, so worked there for a few years, and uh, then financial services, then back to IT, uh, and then last role where I was a good chunk of my career, actually, uh, almost eight years at the international law firm prior to joining Kerwin Ray. So in my last role, I was pretty happy uh, with my role, getting a lot of exposure. And we were, my boss at the time, the global CFO, and I were pretty much involved most of the year in M&A's activities. Um, So, um, but I did feel a bit of a void in my career at the time. And um, also too, I was going through my personal growth journey as well. So that's where I really got involved personally. What's my purpose? What's my mission uh, in life? And that's where, um, you know, the podcasts were introduced back in t- 
2013 or 12, I believe, um, around that yeah. time, like they were quite becoming quite popular and stuff. So I started listening to like Oprah Winfrey, Jay Shetty, um, Tony Robbins. So I really aligned with their purpose and mission and that really resonated with me. And I, as I was listening to so that, I started questioning, okay, what's next for me? And yeah. um, it's funny enough, a recruiter reached out to me for this role at Kerbin Ray here. And I say to everyone that I think I've manifested this role. Um, <laughs> And I still remember my interview, uh, final interview with Kerwin. Um, and the first, and it was a very different interview uh, format. And actually the recruiter warned me that, you know, do not expect your corporate interview questions. It will be very different. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, how hard it can be. So it's fine. <laughs> and uh, the first question that Kerwin asked, I still remember till this day was, uh, Divya, tell me what's your purpose in life? And I said, well, Kerwin, my purpose is helping people. And I did not know at the time that's actually our company purpose because I had no oh, idea. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I had oh, no wow. idea. Yeah. So it's not like you researched before. No, <laughs> well, I researched, but it wasn't there on the website. So yeah, actually yeah. in yeah. our old office, as you walk in on the wall, we've got our 12 values there. And it's it actually talks about our purpose, mission and our 12 values. And that's when I saw as I was walking out. So I was like, oh, wow, oh, that's okay. interesting. Yeah. So I didn't know, but um, but yeah, and um, it's been almost five years. I've been here at Kerwin Ray, and it has been quite a journey in a positive way. Um, and yeah, still like every day is a new day where we learn and grow. So yeah, that's been my journey so far. Yeah, thank you for no, thanks for sharing that. And so um, and with your journey, it, it would be good to know from from you know within the company in the last five years, um. You know, the company obviously has recently, and congratulations, being a recipient of Alex Stars. And for Thank the listeners, you. just a little reminder what Alex Star is all about, that there are very straightforward criteria. Um, and if you score at least three, you qualify for it. And the four criteria are have at least one woman CEO and CFO. So Divya obviously um, got that point. Um, the second one is have one woman board chair. The third there's at least 25% women on board of directors and the Ford is at least 25% women on senior leadership team. So the fact that um, the company is a like star recipient, it would be good for the listeners to find out from you in terms of the culture, was it something that has always been there at the beginning when you started or did it evolve? Um, I would love to hear more insights into that sort of like um, the, the the culture environment? Yeah, sure. Look, uh, I believe it's organic. So it wasn't intentional at all that we want to reach gender equality and, um, uh, and all that good stuff. It's just been organic journey because um, I think it starts from the top and really the board exec team, they really set the standards. And um, in our company, I think it started from the CEO, Kevin himself. Um, he's been raised by a single mom and uh, he has seen those challenges. And again, this is just an assumption because there is one question that I did ask Kevin, which I'll read it out to you. He sent me, he sent me that text, so I'll read it out to you in a minute. Um, but okay. so from that text, I'm, I'm saying this. So yeah. Obviously, he 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 feels that uh, female leaders are nurturing, and uh, also, um, you know, they can uh, build a better 
organization a safe place for everyone uh, and it should not be restricted and I also think in our organization we don't look for whether it's female male we look for uh, uh, who is the right fit for the culture culture is really important for us um, and we are you know we do have uh, 12 values that we practice every day and we want to make sure someone who is aligned to it. So that also includes in all aspects of our business. So it's just not um, at the interview process. It goes beyond that. So even our interview process is quite um, inclusive and where, you know, you can see the diversity. Um, and also, I mean, there are so many aspects I can talk about. Like, yes, we if you look at our, for example, leadership team, uh, it's 50% female. If you look at the exec, it's 66.67% female presence. So mm. it is well diversified organically. And, um, you know, we, when we are looking for a, um, a talent, it is very much around who is right for the role and who can do the job. There, there is mm. no such thing as, okay, well, we are on a mission to achieve X or Y. Um, so it's it's organic. And I, I do want to read Cohen's, yeah, yeah, if, sure. if that's okay. Um, I did yeah, ask him and I said, what would you, uh, you know, what would you advise the other CEOs as well on this if, you know, if I may ask? And his response was, it's a tough question. In all honesty, I never aspired to uh, diversity. It was a natural consequence of gra gravitating towards the people with the values within the talent I work with. Um. I was, I was brought up by a single mom who was at times on a pension. So I value support and nurturing style, styles of leadership as that tends to be my style based on a lot of my upbringing. And it would appear that women that I work with, especially at an executive level, happen to be naturally more nurturing and supportive for, of others. And I value that and it would appear so do they and it creates a great relationship dynamics that builds trust, loyalty, and durability. Wow. That's, um, you know, it's it's interesting. And I thank you, by the way. Please thank Owen for sharing um, his <laughs> advice and, and, and statement. I think it's, it's interesting in terms of what you're saying because you're saying we didn't need to do quota. We didn't need mm -hmm. to have a target. Um, it grew organically and the culture mattered. But the culture that mattered was, um, I think, led to diversity because it appreciates a different perspective as well. It was a safe environment to bring different perspective. And that different perspective is valued and recognised. Where, where companies struggle with diversity, need target to help change that, to help shift that and that's something that you you know this your company didn't need to do that because it naturally brought that and that's my observation from doing you know from from various interviews and talking you know to many ceos in terms of how they go about approaching it what's unique i have to say it's unique about um your organization like it was not unique but it comes from the top because that is actually consistent with mm -hmm. everyone um but it's very much that you're trying to that that the culture is saying we we want to bring the best out of everybody in order to make this organization work and we can't yeah. do it if we all think the same and we're all the same exactly and if you look at the data and stats 
what it shows like you know it's just not at a I suppose society level where the countries who have gender equality in Europe they are doing better they are much more happier but you even in general economic condition as well like the organizations that you look at how they perform I mean there are some data public data available if you have uh gender equality in your organization they tend to perform better than um uh, companies where it's like a boys club as an example yes (laughs) no no, there is there is and I actually recently presented um about this one particular data and there are lots of research and you're absolutely right and this particular one I got was a 2019 one from McKinsey and Mm. it actually said the that it showed the greater women representation you have in in the senior uh, leadership team, the better that the company performed. So if you have, it says if you have 30%, at least 30% or more, they perform better than the ones who have 10 to 30%. Yeah, but, there you go. <laughs> and, but the actual, so, and then I had a number to say, and then if you compare the performance difference of no diversity to very diverse in terms of greater uh, women representation, it was a 48% gap in performance. Wow. So that's what McKinsey have, have reported. That's um, profound. And that was the latest yeah. survey. There's lots of, yeah, yeah, no. So, so mm. this, so it's not about doing good. You know, mm. th- this is, this is, this is, this is a business podcast. And yes, it is talking about gender equality and the book, you know, very much, very, you know, when I wrote it, it was to find out how do you, you know, how do you drive? success how do you drive profitability yeah. and innovation and so research and we don't need to be convinced is one no. thing there's so much research so much research and also, yeah and also too it's like basic human rights every everyone should be treated equally with respect um yeah. so you know we're not asking for much here <laughs> <laughs> i know it's um, I know. um yeah it's it's interesting but um i do see that it's changing but um because interestingly, I was actually talking to one of my colleagues the other day about ASX listed organization. And um, and I know in our Connect yesterday, uh, the networking event, um, Sandra, that you yeah. mentioned in your uh, speech as well about the, um, you know, how how restricted it is for female CEOs at the ASX listed. I, I suppose at ASX listed 20 companies it's 25 percent, so it's gotten better but if you look at asx listed 200 with like 10.5 percent that's the data yeah well my colleague actually printed that for me and he's like you should actually talk about this tomorrow with sandra and i'm like yeah "Yeah, sure i'll mention it but how interesting is that like you know we've got a long way to go i cannot believe in we are in 2023 and we're still talking about this um Yep. So, and then uh, if you look at ASX 300 and also the research that we did of all of the ASX company, and by the way, mm-hmm. we're not talking about ASX because we're targeting ASX. They actually do have some initiatives, but it seems to be common in a couple of like so far with other stock exchanges as well. Yeah. But ultimately it was, it was less than 5%. So yeah. less and, than 5%. And, yeah. yeah, I agree because I, uh, and again, because that's the public data that's available, right? Um, mm. I can speak from my own experience as an example. To be honest, I did not have a female leader that I that could be my role model uh, at the time. Uh, and I had to look elsewhere as in 
internationally to seek who can be like Michelle Obama, for example, being my role model, or uh, Pepsi and Kosi, or well, ex-CEO, um, yeah. Indra Nuri. She probably was one of my role models uh, because my challenge here was just not uh, getting a seat at the table as a female, but also women of colour. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I kind of see a lack there and it's just as a senior managerial position it it gets harder so mm. I think personally I believe my struggle was twice as hard <laughs> uh, because <laughs> yeah. being a female and then women of color um it, I, I just I have not seen much representation of that it, and it gets really saturated as you um go up in your career um yeah. and the female leaders I did have at the time that I was reporting to very, I guess, very minimum, but um, confidence-wise, I felt like they lacked confidence. So, um, you know, not ready to speak up because they were not given that proper platform. They were not nurtured. Mm. They were not appreciated. Um, So I suppose they had their uh, views on this, but I guess from an outsider's point of view, for me, it was a big struggle um, to find that role model. And where I am today through my hard work, I feel like if I can change one life, as in one female's journey, I would be ever so grateful that I did something Mm. uh, that could be my legacy. So I try to empower just not within the organization, outside of the organization as well, in whatever way, shape or form I could, not necessarily so much in the leadership role, but also like I've got friends where, um, you know, it is very male-dominated family members where um, my friend couldn't say much as an example. So on those sort of areas as well, like I empower and I give examples and I just... um, you know, listen to them and and I, I think everyone wants to be heard. So once yes. once you hear them out and then you put your perspective forward, which they didn't they, they didn't think of, actually helps. Um, so yes. it, it it is just out. So I do not restrict just at uh, organizational level, but also ge- in general in society, I try to help as much as I can. That's wonderful, Devir. I think you you're not you know for you. When you it was a, you know you talk about like it was challenging and 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 you didn't have a role model, you realize that the the I don't want to call it pain, but you know the gap. But instead of ignoring it, you want to make it better for other women who are coming along in that journey, so that they don't have to go through the same pain that you have to go through. And that's really admirable because it's quite easy to say, well, you know, that was a problem I experienced. So be it. You guys just toughen up. You know. It's just yeah. all part of life, which, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree or disagree. It's it's a controversial topic sometimes, <laughs> in, you know, among family when we discuss. <laughs> but um, but ultimately, this is this is how we can, like you said, 2023, in order to see change, we all need to do a little bit. And, it, and, and if you do your one life, I do my one life, someone else does it. That effect yeah. can all accumulate into massive change. And, absolutely, and, and... absolutely, and exactly 
what like for example the networking event that you organized for us uh, yesterday Sandra I was reflecting on this this morning and I could think of at least 10 or 15 female friends who could benefit from this so uh, I think you've started a great initiative <laughs> you should be so proud of yourself Thank and you. you know you are that agent of change what we're looking for um and and you know we I'm ever so grateful to get the opportunity actually to be part of that journey so thank, thank you, you. Thank you. And then just for the listeners in terms of what what, um, you're talking about. So last night, um, Elect Launch, Elect Women, which is um, an event, and it's going to be a monthly event. So last night was the launch that we foster a network of women who are interested in leadership or interested or in leadership roles, as well as in board roles, because the, the purpose is to build up there's networks and to bring opportunities to them. And last night, we, um, I, the format that um, I started was an intimate. I just wanted to have 20 and we got 20 intimate group. It took, um, um, it was all put together in three weeks when I got the encouragement to go ahead and, and do it. Um, and it was also, the event was uh, supported by City Tats Group. So they sponsored it um, to, to, to help me, I guess, trying to achieve what I'm trying to achieve. And, and these 20 women, um, amazing women, lovely women, and we were very clear, weren't we, that the yeah. like the, the, the code, and I'm calling it the code of behaviour, not that we needed, I needed to explain that, but it was naturally there, was about collaboration, was about kindness, was about supportive, because that really matters to me a lot, um, that we, we have a, a very supportive network. And there are other women's network and there's other women's group, and I don't think... This is going to, you know, it's not trying to compete with any of them. It's like, mm. let's all collaborate. Let's be part of this and let's just massively change um, the, the the numbers where this is the space. If you're looking for um, women leaders and board members, I want to make elect women the group to come to type of thing. Yeah, and so no. that yeah. was a good start. Um, and I was Absolutely. really pleased. He was talking about reflecting it. I was also reflecting it um, about it. I woke up with a smile and I told my husband, is that I really love tonight, last night, sorry. Um, and I love that after the event, nobody left. Not everybody <laughs> left. Some had to go home. And some <laughs> just kept talking and yeah. kept talking. And this morning my emails blew up um, mm. with thank you emails. And also, this is what I love about women, feedback I got like 10 bullet points of <laughs> things I could improve on and others had similar feedback so these yeah. feedback and also I think we had a little chat before uh this yeah. recording but this feedback is because everybody wants to make this work and, yeah. and helping me to make this work with the feedback so that it can be better so that we can make something out of this and and um and grow this so that yeah. that was something I was really excited about yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, as uh, so this morning, as soon as I walked into the office, the girls were like, wow, how good was the event? And then the boys were like, oh, so it seems like you girls have fun. And we started chatting about it. And they were like, oh, wow, what a great initiative. I think, Whitney, I mean, it was so nice to see the boys in the office, like supporting it. And they were just so happy yeah. for us. So that was really, really um, 
uh, good to see and exciting. And I, and that's, again, going back to the culture, like not every male colleague will support these kind of the initiative, for example. Yeah. Like they're like, yeah, great, well done. But not actually getting involved in the conversation and supporting you. And that's what we had this morning uh, as I walked in into the office. So it was that's really great. Amazing. Yeah. Because I was I was going to say that because you know you have obviously Coburn the CEO you know from the top down really mm. um, cascading that um, vision and the culture from the top, but but um, when in in my in the past when I was working in the corporate <laughs> sector and I was a volunteer I mentioned part of mm. the international NGO and um, and sometimes I would have to take time off sometimes I'll come back from the oven I want to talk about it. But, but the guys in the office would say, oh, send us off to a secret women business or make some snide jokes and that sort of stuff because it wasn't something that I could um, openly say, hey, I'm a feminist and this is what I'm trying to do. But I didn't hide it either, but I had to, in a way, be careful. So tell me again, I know that you you just briefly touched upon it, but mm-hmm. what is what, how are the men involved in your company to to make this collaborative work and to make this culture work? Um, look, it again, yeah, going back to starts from the top, I think Kerwin is someone who actually shares a lot of his personal journey. Um, and and that's one of our value is um, we practice open and honest communication. So that gives everyone a platform to speak up and empower. And some of the guys in the office, they have, uh, you know, wives, daughters, so they know they are uh, I suppose they are exposed to that sort of uh, environment in that sense, like the gender equality perspective. Um, and uh, and then we, so we have, uh, um, I suppose, team connects and things like that, where you could open up and you could talk about it. And it's a safe space. So that's what is encouraged. Mm-hmm. So for example, someone like me, I don't want to call myself feminist, but I do stand up for female leaders and I do have ideas and things that we work on with our HR manager. And it is very much support. So they are already getting exposure to all that and they all that and they contribute to mm. those sort of conversations. Um, so it just, it, it again, there's no strategy around it. It's just organic, <laughs> natural. It just flows. Uh, and, and I can't pinpoint that this is specifically that's what we do and that's why, apart from Kerwin has built this culture from day dot. And uh, and it may not be for everyone. We do, we do have employees who will come in and stay maybe for max two months, month and leave. Um, but that's okay because that's not something that they want in um in their journey. And uh, and we are not afraid to call out any nasty behaviors or any that's good. You know, yeah, we we're not yeah. we're not afraid. And we if I have to have a conversation, I would say in the spirit of open and honest communication, I see X, Y, and Z. So everyone is held accountable for their behavior. Um and it is a safe space. So it's everyone is empowered, encouraged, and then everyone kind of comes forward with their best behaviors. And some of the culture initiatives that that's always been present in the organization is like we have Ben Stevens. So good or small, bad, 
not bad than savings <laughs> good or small <laughs> sorry <laughs> good, you know it can have a big win yeah. or small win doesn't matter but we yeah. celebrate that so everyone in the company actually goes in we have a facebook group team k team facebook group you go and celebrate there um and then thank you thursdays where you just thank you anyone like it could be your colleague or it could be your barista whoever you just who made your day as in as today or this week or what whoever you want to thank so it's just you know can you see the culture perspective and then yeah, how, yeah, uh, yeah yeah and then we have Valsa awards as well once a month where we acknowledge uh, team members and also nominate and then we have a sloth frame that we pass it on whoever wins the Valsa <laughs> award uh, a but sloth we have, frame yeah yeah it's just, well, well sloth is in the frame sorry that's what I meant okay. um, uh, but it just goes around uh, goes around whoever wins it it's just a fun jokey thing but uh, within the organization <laughs> but uh, but it's again a celebration uh, so we have all those platforms. We have weekly huddles. Again, if you, there are any bottlenecks or anything you're thinking about uh, that you want to bring it to the table, just not with your department, but actually at a company level, by all means, every Monday, 11.07, we have our weekly huddles. You can uh, bring that and up why, and talk why 11, about it. 11.07? I, I don't know, actually, because some, <laughs> it, it's it's funny why 11.07, because maybe... I don't know. They didn't make everybody to... on time, kind of thing. Like to remember sort the time. Sort of, yeah. I I think so. Sort of because Mondays are a very busy day for everyone, yeah. right? So it, it could be that. I actually don't know why, but come to think of it, that could be the reason why <laughs> <laughs> it's eleven oh seven. So it's just that platform that all that has been created um, for the team members to feel empowered, and then just if they if they hear it from CEO, other female leaders. Um, so I suppose the men in the organization they automatically feel aligned because i'm sure they have you know in their personal lives uh, wives girlfriends children uh, well, uh, kids girls whatever yeah if that yeah. makes sense yeah yes yeah. yeah you know you you know so i guess what you've actually essentially described are let me let me take a step back yeah. so the the companies when they want to shift the culture they would try and drive like quotas, um, have policies, have programs, um, have have certain um, things to try and you know drive the change and and not necessarily succeed in in some of them um, because like maybe the, the the culture is so strong and and I'm I'm not trying to make any assumption but you know what's interesting that you, what you've described and yes it's it, you know start from the top but all the platforms you actually have policies in a way, when you think about it, because you, you talked about the values that's already on the forefront of a board, isn't it? When you walk into the office, everybody uh, knows what the... Yeah, company. everyone. And um, and actually, when you do, for example, when we do our Wowsers Awards, nominations or acknowledgement, we have to uh, at least bring one of our values. Why are we acknowledging this person? So, for example, I'd like to nominate Sandra, and my value is we say thank you. And I, I'll then go on to the reason why. Oh, uh, right. So yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So we are family. We uh, we say thank you. We practice open and honest communication. We uh, innovate and constantly improve. We respond quickly and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah, and I mean, the, so and the values, that, yeah. 
I'm, I'm really impressed because, you know, yes, it may have started from day job, but it's kept up with it. It's rolled it out and you're a reasonable sized company as well. Yeah. And yes. so that, you know, the, 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 you know, it is, it is, it is possible. It is doable. Yeah. Um, and I, I love, I love like hearing about it and you know what, I can keep going, but I think I need to wrap this up soon, <laughs> but I just wanted to also touch upon one thing. Um, you talked about briefly touched on the recruitment side of it the include do you have any particular way like are there any structure in in terms of the equipment that helps you get the right fit into the culture or be able to attract diverse candidates yeah look uh again it's <laughs> it's organic we don't have any strategy as such for this but it is uh what we look for is who is a good fit in terms of the culture perspective so we don't look at whether it's he or she, um, and uh, and we involved a different uh, uh, I guess stakeholders as well in the interview process. So you know we may think so we do have uh, K team awards every year. So whoever has received a, a you know values champion award as an example, a trophy for that, we probably include that person to uh, to just have one on one interview to see if that person would if this candidate would be culturally fit for the organization so we have a, like a diverse inclusive okay. uh, interview panel so just not from the experience perspective we also want to make sure that that person can actually uh, uh, be culturally fit and I think that is the top most for us and then I guess experience yeah. is important but I think culture is pretty important to us and if you also look at our uh, current structure where we have female leaders we have young moms where um when they started we knew like three months or four months after you know they were pregnant two of them I suppose and the company then you know helped them through the process the journey whatever as an employer we could do and uh, and you know one of the uh, one of my colleagues she just decided to work completely remotely from home because she didn't want to put the baby in the childcare which was fine so and that was very much appreciated by the organization we did see uh, the baby coming in and saying hello or like you know <laughs> guest appearances uh, which yes. was very much uh, okay by everyone and um, uh, so it, it, it is that do you know what I mean like in terms of the yeah. recruitment process it is more around who can actually do the role and who is culturally fit mm. for the organization wow. yeah well that's great thank you for sharing all that insight you're being you know I have to say you're being very humble in the <laughs> organic culture in terms of like saying it just happens but all of these what you talk about and what you you sound so proud of the culture that has been developed and remained and spread across to every single employee that that is something it's really good to see and the fact that it it, it you know the flexibility like I think it's people first the company is about people first that's right and, yeah and and yes, you know, the skill set and experience, yes, it's important, but the focus is very much people first that has made this work and 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 help, you know, the company to be um, you know, Australian leading um business specialist. So yeah. and and knowingly or unknowingly, we have been doing from the ESG part, the S part really well. Um, because every year around April, May. 
HR manager and I go through uh, everyone's salaries and uh, their job title and experience to make sure they are paid market rate. So in our organization, yeah. we don't have a gender gap pay at all. That doesn't even exist. Um, so again, so that's what of like, we just do it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? We've yeah. been doing it for many years. Um, so that's again, a great initiative from the business that that's just been there from day one. That's awesome. That's great to hear. Like I said, I could just keep talking to you. Me too. I'm so passionate. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for participating in this podcast. And it's also great. Thank you. Like great seeing you last night at the launch event for elect women and um, and I'm glad that you and your colleagues got a lot out of it um, from the event. And I appreciate you sharing your insights. And I think from this perspective, like this podcast, it just shows that the culture can drive diversity and profitability at the same time. 100%. And uh, thank you, Sandra, for having me. And thank you for taking the time to getting to know me and the organisation. So thank you. Great. Thanks, Divya. So folks, this is it. Um, this is actually going to be our last, pod last podcast of the year. I'm going to be taking a bit of a longer Christmas break. And so we will have the next one in February next year. So on this note, everybody, enjoy your holidays. Merry Christmas. And I look forward to seeing an amazing 2024. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Today's episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors. Firstly, we're sponsored by B2Buy. B2Buy is your trusted business buying platform that simplifies and automates your buying process, helping you buy smarter and faster, giving you greater visibility and value. With 100,000s products in one place, B2Buy is passionate about connecting diverse suppliers with corporate buyers, so you can create a more inclusive business environment and buy better with www.b2buy.online. Our second sponsor is Holman Webb Lawyers, an award-winning and dynamic full-service Australian law firm with offices in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, and Adelaide. Not only do Holman Webb offer comprehensive legal services, but they are also a proud recipient of the LX Star, recognizing their commitment to achieving gender equality and leadership. Discover more about their services, initiatives and industry-leading insights at www.holmanweb.com.au. Lastly, our sponsor The CEO Magazine is an iconic, global media brand that inspires and promotes excellence within the business world. It is a source of information, inspiration and motivation for the world's most successful leaders, executives, investors and entrepreneurs. Go to www.thesiomagazine.com.